make sure I do something for the girls, my, my girls, we, we, we in a community where it's not, um, a high, a high rate of African Americans. So, um, I try to get them involved in a lot of things that when they do have something, um, so I was going to look into some different, they having a, um, a march and things like that. Um, so it's just been a lot of crazy stuff going on lately. Like the world is just they're just looking so different, man. And, you know, I know times, you know, things always stay the same and stuff like that. But now it just feels, I don't know, what's going on around the world just feels different. Everything that just, it just feels really weird. Um, but anyway, before I go into all that, I want to welcome y'all to the crazy show. Again, thank y'all for stopping by. I'm your host, Touche. All right. And today I'm going to be coming with, to y'all with another podcast episode. This one, I entitled this one, You Scared? All right. And I, I know a lot of people might hear that and think other things, but I'm going to explain to y'all what I meant by you scared. Um, and half of it is to do with like I just was talking about the way the world look. Um, but um, more so over, man. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all spending time with me. Thank you for just checking out and listening to what I have to say. I really, really do appreciate it. And I will also appreciate it if you were willing to share this. Um, subscribe or even comment and let me know how you feel about this episode and let me know what you think about what I'm saying. All right. I always am open to uh, feedback, you know, always open to feedback, but more importantly, I want to tell you how I feel as well. All right. And, um, the world right now is, it just, um, it's, it's a lot of wars. It's a lot of wars going on right now. Um, it's a lot of racial tension going on right now. It's a lot in our politics right now. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the politics lately in America, but it's just it's just starting to look like the WWF around here, WWE, whatever it's called. It's just starting to look real crazy. It doesn't look like that prestige body of work, body of people that is meant to really put an effort into making our lives a little bit easier, right? It's like everybody's worried about their brand. They're worried about um, their personal views. They're worried about what they want to do for their uh, small small group of constituents that, that support them. And, you know, I feel like a lot of what's going on in the world now, now stems from that. It stems from people just being able to run wild and one and run free with their ideas, with their whatever they feel like their purpose is. A lot of it don't align to everything, so we have to be more open to considering other people's cultures, um, other people's input, and what they need on on every level, right? Because in, in in America, it's all about levels. You know, they want they want people up here and people down here. Y'all know the story. If you don't go check out my my other episode, ego, um, let my ego go. I kind of talk about how the ego really is keeping us um, in these different realms and different environments, different places. And it's going to be up to us to really break free and do the work to kind of make sure that our ego is not enabling us to not catch these things. All right. So in continuation with my last episode, I felt like you scared um, fit a little bit because um, what, what I see now happening is a lot of people are being so scared to speak up on things, right? And I know um, violence is always a threat, all right? The retaliation is already always a threat. 
And that's also, you know, something I want to highlight as well. Um, I don't want to make it seem like when I say people are scared that they're just like punks and they're running from things, right? I know a lot of people are scared because they do fear retaliation. They do fear a response uh, through violence, right? Which they have every right so. Um, again, my issue or my thing that I want to highlight is at what cost are you willing not to say anything? At what cost are you willing to let that scared feeling about whatever it is prevent you from doing what's right, right? And so when I say you're scared, that's what I mean. I mean, it's a lot of people who are in prime position to say things and won't really have a disruption to their life or what they're doing or the input or the impact that they're trying to make but they just still refuse to do so. And those are the people I call scared. And, and it's a bigger scare than I would say just from retaliation, right? Most people are scared of their own ego, their brand, right? It's like, you can't even fight your own ego and speaking out to saying, um, you know, what's right or what's wrong, right? And uh, what I mean by that is that um, you have a lot of celebrities. Um, you have a lot of celebrities and a lot of community leaders, um, a lot of political leaders, um, spiritual leaders um, in every community who have, who have the out, who have the, the platforms and who have the, you know, the following to just address some things. All right. And it's our reluctance to address these things that I feel like is why these politicians are able to run out of control, why these celebrities feel like they don't have to do more for the community. And it's they know, and they think is, is that you're hating, get your money up. That's what they tell us. And you can be speaking about some real issues um, in the community, um, mental health, um, anxiety, depression, fighting those elements, but also just basic necessities, food, clothing, um, job opportunities, uh, ability to provide for your family, um, mass incarceration, getting men out of jail, getting them reintegrated into the community so they can kind of do something productive with the remaining years of their lives. Um, a lot of those issues are should be front and center every day, not just when you feel like it, not when you just want to make a press conference, but every day. Every day, those issues are hitting a lot of families hard, really, really hard. And you can't tell me that you don't know. You know, you can't tell me you don't see the news. You can't tell me you don't know that a lot of these things are going on. And and it's sad because the the, the political pressure kind of outweighs what people are willing to say, just as with the celebrities. A lot of celebrities, let's just let's just be real, a lot of celebrities are scared to speak out on certain issues and things because they're scared of losing their bag, their money, their financial stability. And, you know, regardless of whatever you say, I, I get it. You know, I do understand that, um, you know, financial stability is very important. How you eat and how you make your money is very important. But I also don't understand how, some some celebrities are already well off to the point where they can take care of maybe the next two generations of their family members. And it's like, what what are you really holding on to if you have enough money to sustain now? I don't get how we can allow these celebrities to keep using this uh, financial suicide as a reason of not wanting to speak out from communities that they benefit from, from communities that they so-called claim that they love. You know, we don't we don't put enough pressure on people. And that's why I say you're scared, because even when you trickle down, let's say the level under the celebrities, right? The, the average people. Um, we also scared to call out a lot of these celebrities because 
there's always this notion that when you call out a celebrity, when you when you pinpoint someone who who has the resources to really make a difference and you point out like why they're not doing it, you automatically call a hater. Right there. They put this stigmatization on on speaking out because a lot of a lot of people want you to want you to want, to, want you to look like a hater. They want you to look like you're just mad that your life is not working out this way, that you're not working hard and yada, yada, yada. A lot of it is just crap. Right. A lot of it is straight bull. I meet a lot of average average Joes, if you want to call them. I don't like calling them that, but just that's just for the sake of understanding celebrities and then people who are average. No one's average to me, by the way. But when you're looking at on scale of how they look at it, right, through the money and through the through the uh, your brand and all that stuff, you, you celebrities look at us as average. You know, like we're just average people and they like to use um, people's work ethic as why they're not where they at. And that type of stuff kills me because they're, you know, like, for instance, I'm Jadakiss, and one of the songs I, I listened to by Jadakiss, he said, in one of his songs, he was like, there's a there's a cat up north in jail who's just as good as Michael Jackson. I mean, Michael Jackson, sorry, Michael Jordan. Um, he, play, he plays basketball just as good as Michael Jordan, but he simply just didn't get that chance. And when celebrities speak like that, it, it, it just kind of makes it seem like they're trying to remove themselves from the real issue. They're scared to really say, that mass incarceration is real. Um, racial discrimination is real. Um, so you have a lot of African-American young men who are in jail on trumped up charges for a simple mistakes that many other teenagers make every day and their lives is ruined. They're getting 10 years, 15 years um, for something on a first mistake, second mistake. And, you know, it's a lot of people who just don't get the opportunity because of how this system is set up to prevent certain people from moving in a different way. And you can look at the data anywhere you go. You can look at the data and see what communities produce the most arrests and then look at the disproportion of uh, the ethnic backgrounds on those people who get arrested. And you can't tell me that there's um, it's simply because these people are just not working or these people are not putting in the effort. Now, I will admit that, you know, a lot of people are unwilling to change. So when a celebrity say things like, hey, man, I try to help. You know, some people that was around me, but they just they didn't get it. You know, they they was they was unwilling to put in the work. They was unwilling to change their habits and behavior. I that I, I would respect that more than just making it seem like the issues that we face in these communities just don't exist because we're not putting in the effort. All right. Because that's so not true. And that that also ties into our community as a whole. When you say um, he wasn't willing to change, I, I totally agree. And it trickles down. There's scariness on each level. Like I was just saying, the politics, they're, they're scared to, to say certain things and move certain ways because of their donors, because they want to keep this money coming in. They want to keep their brand fresh. Celebrities, they're scared to say a lot of things and speak up on a lot of things because they don't want to lose their brand deals. They don't want to lose their financial stability. And then in our community, we got a lot of people who just scared to change in general, right? They're, they're battling inside things that make them feel like um, if they change, then they're not no longer who they originally are or who they originally were or who they think they are at that moment. I don't know. But I do believe that a lot of people are scared to change because of what their environment produces around them. Um, for example, if you have somebody um, who grew up in an urban area um, where it might be a lot of poverty, it might be a lot of drugs and violence and things like that. You have to live a certain way to survive in those, in those elements. You do. And when you start to format yourself 
to survive, you have to start doing certain things. You have to have certain habits and behaviors that will allow you to exist. All right. Now, let's just say one day you're granted the opportunity to no longer live in that fashion. Right. A lot of men will be scared to take the opportunities because they don't want to look like they're changing on their folks. They don't want to look like they're um, turning a back on their community and things like that. So you got a lot of men who have opportunities to change, but they're scared. They're, they're scared to change because they feel like they're no longer going to be respected as that person. They don't have a lot of confidence in themselves to know that, hey, wherever I am, I can still represent for what I feel like is right or wrong as a whole. It's not just about me staying true to this neighborhood or staying true to these, these set of, uh, of, of rules that only really applies to this environment. Right. But I can step outside this environment and still love my community, still love my black folks and still want to help in different ways. And it's sad that, you know, that that's that's the case in a lot, a lot of a lot of situations. It's the case of them just want to remain true and don't want to be looked at as um, giving up on their community or their society. Um, that's scary to me. You know, it, it's really scary. And and it's also scary to to do it right. Like when you start going through the motions to really distance yourself from elements and environments that you don't see um, productive to really getting somewhere, to really achieving some sort of success on, on any level, small level, large level, whatever. You have to make changes. You might you might have to break habits. You might have to change circles. And, um, and it's scary to do that. I, I will agree to that. It's scary because sometimes you find yourself a, a little bit, a little more lonely, a little, a little, um, a lot less people to talk to a lot of people, a lot of less people that understand where you're going and why you want to get there. And, you know, that that's that fear sometimes is enough to keep people in a place. And, you know, it's just it's just the, the the fear. I just feel like it's just taking over right now. Everybody's just being scared of everything. Right. And it used to be just like, you know, growing up where I'm where I grew up, how I grew up. It was like I was only really scared of violence. Right. I wasn't scared of repercussions if I did something. I wasn't scared of really standing up for myself in situations. Um, I was really just scared of, of violence. Like I'm scared that something's going to happen to me if this person don't receive what I'm saying in the right way. And that, that's what I always thought it was, you know, just like people are mainly scared of just retaliation. But as I got older and you start doing more research and you start getting into other environments, you realize that it's a different type of scared. You know, it's a different type of fear in people that doesn't have nothing to do with violence. Right. And, um, and it's, and it's really kind of, it's, I don't, I don't understand it. And I do. Right. That's the reason why I'm doing this episode, because the part I do understand is what I want to get out. And that's the part of um, what I was just explaining. Like a lot of us are scared simply for minor things that has nothing to do with violence. We're scared of our brands. We're scared of people feeling like we turn our back on them. You know, we're scared of losing our financial stability. And all I'm trying to highlight is that in any one of those elements, there is really no excuse to be scared on that level. Right. It's no use. You have so many people who fought died, um, you know, sacrificed their political position, sacrificed their financial position, sacrificed their leadership roles, all right, to stand up and speak out. So to me, the scare, the scariness, it just, it doesn't make sense to me in a lot of areas. You know, spiritual leaders, I see, you know, just this last week, we had a lot of things going on um, in in the spiritual realm of, of the communities. And, you know, I'm not going to generalize everybody, but, you know, it seemed collectively a lot of people in those spiritual roles was reluctant to really say something about what needs to change. Like 
People can do what they want. And I understand a pastor in California has nothing to do with what a pastor in Florida is doing. Correct. But at the same time, what that pastor represents in California is and should be the same thing that pastor um, in, in Florida represents. And, and therefore, that pastor should have the right to speak up and say, hey, yeah, I don't know what y'all doing over there, but collectively, I don't feel like that benefits us. Collectively, I don't think that makes us look um, as close to spiritual elements as we say we want to be. And enough is enough. We need more people to be able and willing to stand up and speak out, right? Because it has its repercussions. Being scary, we all know the technical things of being scary, right? We all speak on how you have to overcome fear and you can't worry about this. But what about when it pertains to your ego? What about when it pertains to your mental capacity to want to, to see better and do better, right? If you're facing these moments where you feel like changing is going to cause some disrupting, some disruption to what you're doing and how you're doing it, then what, why is that something we're not working on, right? Why are we just accepting that and letting everything else deteriorate around us? Because as you can see, when people don't speak up, it gets worse. And that's that's my whole point of this. Like, we can't be so scared to sacrifice things, so scared to put ourselves in those positions that nothing changes. And if nothing changes, at the same time, something is changing because it's going to get worse, right? Nothing changes for the, the direction that it needs to go in to make it right, to make it work, to make it fair, right? But if nothing happens, that means it's steady trending on the on the other direction where it's getting worse, is, is no longer really benefiting, is changing its principles, is not really holding the same moral value to the standards of the people who are in it versus the people who ain't. And it just becomes this game where everybody's is pitted against each other, trying to say, hey, you can't talk about them. You don't have nothing to do with this over here. Cool. Then it should be people in there that's saying something then, right? But again, whatever arena you in, you know, you have people that are scared to really uh, step out on, on that on that ledge, you know, rightfully so. And I guess what I am saying overall is that to me, yeah, being scared is a thing, but it's not an excuse. Being scared is a thing, but it's not an excuse. It's not. Um, at this point, we can look at our history and see so many people um, of our community in particular, not just saying our, our community is the only community that has sacrifices. They're, they're martyrs and there's leaders in every community, every cause. And, but for our community more so, we had to, we had to really get to a point of sacrificing, right? With it being Martin Luther King birthday, um, we have to realize that at the same time, that's what I'm saying. You, know, you don't know how many times Martin Luther King was scared to give a speech. You don't. But you think that man was never you. I, I see a lot of Martin Luther King footage where you can just look in his eyes and just see the fear. I, I know there's one particular march when he was walking. They had the arms together and they were marching um, and he had the, the white pastors next to him, um, which was willing to sacrifice again, spiritual leaders. All right. This is real quick before. I, let me finish this thought real quick. But Martin Luther King, he every time he heard something a loud bang, somebody yelling, he would like. You know, he had like, look, and you can see it in his eyes that he knew like, man, at any moment I can be killed right now for what I'm doing. You can see the fear in his eyes. You can see the scaredness in his eyes, but it didn't stop him. He kept marching. When you have examples like that in the community, I don't, I, being scared is not an excuse. It's a reason for you not to confront things that you really feel like you don't want to, or you don't know how to, or you're scared to. Because of all the other elements that I tried to point out, 
And what Martin Luther King also represented was a spiritual leader, right? And we have a lot of spiritual leaders today who just refuse to step out on community issues, social issues, issues that's going on in our education system, our medical systems, our prison systems, right? Now, I'm not generalizing, right? I'm not saying that, but it's just disproportionate. It is. It's disproportionate how many spiritual leaders would rather keep their congregation or keep their brand committed to just religion, right? When you have so many other issues in the community that's affecting people in your congregation, but y'all are reluctant to speak on them. Y'all want to keep that separate. Religion and state is separate. Well, Martin Luther King showed you that that's not true. If you respect Martin Luther King, you will see that that man, he risked his political, spiritual, and his leadership roles, financial as well, to speak up on issues that we know was not helping us. And those white pastors as well, I don't want to keep calling them white. I'm sorry about that. I don't really know his name off the top of my head. But those men who were willing to stand up with Martin Luther King and, and, and fight with him alongside him, they also was willing to make those same sacrifices. I believe one of them got killed at some point um, during one of these protests. And um, they these people wasn't scared enough to, to sacrifice their life. And here... In this world, all you have is your life. That's the ultimate sacrifice is your life. And you, y'all not even putting that on the line and y'all still scared. Y'all scared about making some money? You really scared because somebody gonna call you a punk? It's the same thing like when I was growing up. You know, we had this thing when I was young, like you, you know, you buy girls something for Valentine's Day, you were you were a punk, you were a lame. You, you know, you, it was just it was just a retarded. Like so. You, you had a moment where men were scared to really show women that they loved them or they was affectionate about them because of how other people would say that. That's scared. But you had people out here putting their lives on the line. And I'm not even willing to put my social status on the line. I'm not even willing to put my financial stability on the line. Um, you know, to me, it's just like, it's no excuse, right? It's just no excuse. And you can you can see what happens if you don't. A lot of these people in political realms, in um, financial realms, in spiritual realms are scared to speak out against racism. Us as black folks. I, and I've never seen so many people reluctant to speak on racism. We're so scared to speak on racism. Right. And I um, and I and that's a book that I, I would suggest to people. Um, I got it in my my queue to read. I read the you know, the. The introduction, and I read the the um, pretty much the summary of the book, and uh, it's called uh, "White White Fragile White White Fragile um, um, White Fragileness," I believe is what it's called. Um, and basically, what the book what the book talks about, you know, I'll find the name and I'm gonna put it in uh, I'm gonna put it in my links. I'm gonna put in the, the book in my links. So I know I really chopped up the name really bad, so I'm gonna put it in my link uh, in the comments. Um, pretty much what the book is saying is that, um, white folks are so fragile with, when it comes to racism that they rather not talk about it. And we, as black folks, we like to accommodate them by also not talking about it. And a lot of us kind of cater to that sense of trying not to talk about it because we don't want to make them feel bad, or we don't want to make no one feel guilty about what happened. That's bullcrap. In this book, that's pretty much what they're saying. We can't care about people being so fragile to talk about real issues, right? And it's like, how are we not talking about racism when we still see 
examples on a daily that it exists, right? Every day we see that it exists. And you as a black person in any black community or from any black community, you sure already know where that usually aims and stems from. And it's sad because whether we like it or not, um, by us not speaking on it, right, it causes us to let it trend in another direction. Now, let's take racism, for example, because we are now so unwilling to talk about it as black communities. Like I hear our own black folks saying we don't deserve reparations, our own black folks saying, oh, racism don't exist. That's just uh, black folks just don't know how to act. Like these are our own black folks saying this. And it drives me crazy for first and foremost. But secondly, um, what you see happen is that when you are reluctant to talk about it, they think that you're okay with it. They think that it doesn't bother you and they don't have no reason to make it right. They don't have no reason to change anything if people are not speaking up, right? If I say, you know, hey, racism don't matter. You just got to really, you know, get your life to God and get saved and have salvation and you won't have to worry about racism. That's not true. Sorry. It's not true. Um, so don't use anything just to make something sound like it's not an issue, right? But then I can turn around and I can show you an article of something that just happened a month ago that clearly demonstrates that there was racial stereotypes or racial undertone in what was going on and what caused that situation to escalate to where it went. It's just it's examples every day. And what's going on right now is that we're having a hard time getting reparations which I don't, I, I, I don't care. I think we deserve it. I don't care what nobody has to say. I think we deserve reparations. Uh, we can talk about what we'll do with it. If we blow it, mess it up. I don't care. Let us get to that point first. Just say we can get it. And we'll worry about that later. But trying to use what we might and might not do with it as a reason not to give it, that's crap. Because y'all didn't do that to the other, other communities and other cultures that needed that and that has received them in some form or fashion. So what, what you have by our reluctance as black folks to really denounce um, racism in any, in any arena, there, you, you, there's racism in church, there's racism in politics, there's racism in education, there's racism in the police force and um, mass incarceration. It's everywhere. So even because you're a spiritual leader doesn't mean you don't have to speak out on it. Because you're a, a political ottoman don't mean you, have to, you can't speak out on it. Just because you're in a school system don't mean you, you can't speak out on it. But I know why if you don't. You're scared. And it could be anything. You can be scared of uh, repercussions. You can be scared of your financial stability. You can be scared of your brand. But if any of those check off on your list, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not a reason to be scared to do anything. Right now, we're in the most critical time for our history because literally they're trying to rewrite our history in front of us. They're literally trying to rewrite our history in front of us. And they don't want us to talk about um, critical race theory, things that happened during slavery, um, Jim Crow, mass incarceration, um, the CIA, FBI involvement in a lot of political assassinations, a lot of political coups that happened in our communities, Fred Hampton, um, Bunchy Carter, things like that, that, that goes on in our community, completely sabotaged. And because we're so reluctant to talk about it, they're really trying to take this stuff off the books. Again, I would never get over, I'm not even going to say his name, but I would never get over some of these politicians saying things like we benefited from slavery. I think that is a direct result of the reluctance of us as a, a as a collective community willing to acknowledge that it exists. And, you know, and the one excuse that really drives me crazy is when people say things like, 
Oh, I never experienced racism, so therefore it doesn't exist to me. That's kind of the most selfish thing I ever heard in my life. It is. Because if you never had water, you telling me you couldn't go to an ocean and see that it exists? You telling me you won't have no idea that it exists? That means that you're so caught up in your own world, your own selfishness, that you're reluctant to look at other examples to say, oh, even though it didn't happen to me, it happened to you. And I can see that it really affected you. So thus, it must exist. Even if it ain't affected me, there's countless examples, documents, books, websites that document this stuff. And we're so reluctant to read it that we're willing just to say it don't exist. Just to satisfy our own whatever ego, more likely. But for other reasons, we just don't want to we want to keep that distance from it because we in a place where um, society and capitalism forces us to kind of have to go through these different channels just to be successful. So I get it when you're really chasing something and trying to be successful and trying to reach certain levels, you don't want to piss off certain people. But that the way that the world is going right now, the year that we're in right now, I think it's time for us to stop sacrificing things for individual aspirations. Um, collectively, um, it doesn't benefit me to reach a level. And then there's a hundred black men that look like me, just like me, who were not allowed to. Every, every black man deserve those opportunities. So how can I say just because I got the job or just because I just I got through it doesn't exist that's like me looking at somebody telling me like yo it happened to me and i'm like no it didn't you're lying you're gonna tell somebody else they're lying just to satisfy your own feelings your own brand your own whatever you're trying to protect and i think that's what i'm overall trying to say you scared to step out with what's really going on with the collectives you want to be different so bad that you're willing to act like something don't exist just so you can continue on your direction of whatever you're trying to accomplish, man. I, I think that's a slap in the face to our ancestors. A lot of people who continue to fight for these issues and purposes. All right. It's just not, it's not worth it to me. And if we don't stop being so scared to speak up, stop being so scared to step out who we are, stop being so scared to change things, stop being so scared to surround yourself with new people, stop being so scared to learn something other than what you already know. It doesn't hurt. I, I tr trust and believe reading a book does not hurt. I assure you. If, if it hurts, I give you a hundred dollars. Reading a book does not hurt. Learning something new does not hurt. Challenging something you already know does not hurt. Stepping out and speaking up against an issue that you know, you know for a fact is tangible. You can see the proof in the pudding. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. If we are reluctant to do that, we're going to stay on this trajectory and things are just going to get worse. I personally just want to see change overall. I don't want to just keep saying it's 2024. We need change. We say that every year. It doesn't matter. Every day, no matter the year. There's issues on the books. Um, what's going on right now in Gaza? What's going on right now in Ukraine? What's going on now right around the world? Taiwan? What's South Africa? Congo? Um Man, Sudan, um, you know, we, we also scared to step in other realms around the world. We're not the only people here suffering and dealing with stuff around the world. We have brothers and sisters who look just like us, 
who was going through something, who was going through um, some form of uh, discrimination. You want to say racism just don't apply to our country. All these issues with celebrities not wanting to step up and politicians um, wanting to just satisfy their 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 capitalistic thirst, um, they can care less about the community. They can care less. I don't think a lot of these I don't think a lot of these companies and corporations who are built to help the community um, is is really there to help the community. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I and I always like to I don't like to talk like it doesn't apply to me. I like to know, like, when, whatever I talk about or deal with, I, I want everybody to know that I have looked deeply in this, searching in myself first to know that I also struggle with this. I'll give you an example. Um, when I was doing, me and my wife, we had a nonprofit one, and we were trying to get resources to help extend our program or um, allow more resources so we can feed more people in our program. Um, there was a company called the, the Hunger Task Force. And we went to them and we were trying to get help. And they pretty much like they just the way they treated us. Um, it was kind of like, wow, it was it was disheartening. Um, you guys are here to help communities. Y'all guys, y'all say y'all here to help. Y'all give away food. Y'all get donations from all over the world. Y'all here to help. But then y'all have the audacity to tell a program that they're too small to give help to. The leader, I don't I forget his name, but the, the director who came down to our program and talked to us. He told me out of his own mouth that he could not provide because we wasn't feeding over two, 200 people a day. 200 people a day? Who feeds 200 people a day? And if if so, that's probably not that many, but if so, why is that a requirement for y'all to help people? We were feeding about, give or take, 30 to 50 people a week. 30 to 50 people a week, which is almost about 200 people a month. That's good enough. Why Why is that not good enough to get some form of help? Small boxes. Like y'all could have gave us something. But to tell a kid, to tell an organization who's trying to help, in any, I, th- I thought everything matters. Even if we fed two people a week, those two people matter. What are we telling these communities and organizations that we let it get away with this type of stuff? And, for, and I hate to bring it up now because for years I didn't because guess what? I was scared that if I spoke out against this organization, it would prevent other organizations from donating to me. I was scared that it would make me look like I'm a hater or look like I'm not satisfied because, but the way that they treated us, it was no secret. When I filled out the initial application, they didn't get back to us for three months. They act like they didn't see the application. When they came down to do the walkthrough, they, they told us that we were good. They liked what we were doing. They said we fed all the requirements. But then they went after they told us all that, they turned around and rejected us and said they couldn't give us anything because we wasn't feeding this high amount of number. And I really feel like these companies and these organizations put in those those little stimulations to make it. Uh, come on, man. We y'all see we only feeding people. Of course, you're going to say 200. You see, we're only feeling 50 people a week, but you're going to say well, now we need 200 a day. 200 a week or something like that. I, I believe he said a day. But that's insane. That's insane. So who are y'all really helping, right? Who's really benefiting from these these organizations? When y'all have a lot of organizations who can use even a small, y'all getting so much, what's wrong with giving this? Oh, they got 50. Why is it not a policy that y'all are willing to give whatever y'all need to give that supplies that organization? 
So if it has to be two hundred, why y'all have policies where a, a company has to have that many people on their books? It's not going to be a lot of people on the books that can do that. But we're not putting it in a stand. Like, okay, y'all got fifty. Well, we'll give y'all enough to accommodate the fifty. Y'all got ten. We'll give y'all enough to accommodate the ten. You know, and that's the type of stuff I be talking about. If we scared to point these out to these companies, organizations, um, they're going to be able to get away with it. And for years, they we I didn't say nothing. I felt bad, but I, I didn't say nothing about this for years. But that really hurt me that that company, uh, that organization was reluctant to help us. All right. And, you know, and I kept going. And at the end of the day, I, I feel like I still was successful in doing what I could do. I wasn't trying to be the biggest organization. I wasn't trying to be the man. I just wanted to do what I can. And that's all. Like, I'm not trying to outdo myself. If I can feed 20, I'll take, if I can, I'll take the 20, whatever. I don't care. I'm just trying to do my part. And that's the problem. We got organizations like that who, who can come in and dictate who and who can't serve. It's, 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 it's weird to me, but you know, a lot of people in those powerful positions, probably wouldn't really say nothing, right? Because they don't want to mess up their donations. They don't want to mess up them getting what they get. And that's what being scary does. It causes other people not to be in a position to help. We all have to do a part. That's the thing. If we try to get one or two companies, organizations to do everything, they probably won't succeed. But that's why you got so many people on small scales. We got to give everybody a chance to help. We can't dictate who can and who can't. You know, that's scary stuff to me. And so, yeah, me reflecting on that, I'm like, yo, Touche, I, I can't do that no more. You know, I got to be willing to put something on the line. I got to be willing to step out, you know, and do something about this. I can't worry about what people feel. I can't worry about if people understand because a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't want to read. A lot of people don't want to see beyond their doorstep. And that's OK. But I can see past my doorstep. And you're not going to make me feel like I'm, you know, uh, arrogant person because I want people to change because I want people to do more than what they're doing. That's the fight we have every day. We can do more, do more. That's it. Everybody can do more. You don't have to be a millionaire to do more. A lot of people want to wait till they get a certain amount of money to do more. You don't have to wait till you're a millionaire to do more. So again, you know, if we really worried about changing our community, um, I think it starts close to home. You know, I think it starts close to the mirror. And I really wanted to speak on this because I know the scariness, the fearfulness that people have on, when it comes to these, these real issues, these real dynamics that will help us better in the long run, right? Um, it, it, it is attached to some form of being scared in some way or fashion. And I just want to highlight those because we we cannot do that. You know, and I, you know, and especially when it comes to spiritual aspirations and spiritual elements, you know, fear is never a good thing. They always speak on not fearing, walking in your faith and things of that nature. That's what I feel like everybody in every sector needs to do and should do in the political sector, in the educational sector, in the the, the correction sector, um, in the nonprofit sectors, right, in the entertainment sectors, in the uh, in the sports sector. There's room for every sector to have something that we can say we're not going to stand for that. We're going to speak out on these issues, right? So, again, 
I would just encourage people to, you know, just to challenge yourself, man. This is not me trying to call people out and put people on blast. In no way, shape, or form or fashion, I want to do that. But if it applies to you, oh, well, you have the power to do something. And if it don't apply to you and you already do something, kudos to you. I really appreciate that. I really do. You know, so and if you don't mind, you know, share with me some of these things, right? You know, listen to this. If you listen to this thing and you got some 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 areas and some elements that I didn't cover or touch on, please share them. I want to touch on everything. I just want us not to be so fearful. Use Martin Luther King as an example. If we just not going to use him for one day and just say he has a dream and all this stuff, realize that Martin Luther King did way more than just have a dream. And he's actually sacrificed in his fear when he was scared. His family house got bombed twice at any given moment when them bombs went off, his children, his daughters could have been in that area and got killed. And guess what? After the second bombing, he continued on. You can't tell me that man wasn't scared. Y'all half of y'all scared when y'all get y'all window bust at night. Y'all wake up in the morning, y'all window bust out. Y'all scared then. What happened? How many got my window bust? Y'all scared. But you got people who are willing to sacrifice so much, man. And, you know, this is just my call for that. You know, me too. That's why I'm stepping out. This year, I promised myself that I'm going to be more vocal on things that I just, I usually was scared to be vocal on. You know, I feel like, oh, he ain't educated enough. You know, so what? I went back to school. Anything that, that kept me, anything that I can identify why I was scared, go check it off the list. I'm scared to speak up because I don't know much about this issue. Go read up on the issue then. You know what I'm saying? That's all it takes. Read a couple books on it. And then you have more confidence. And that's what I want us all to do, man. I want us all to just rise. You know what I mean? I want us all to be willing to step out, read more, get more involved so we can just say, hey, whether you're in church, hey, whether you're in, in the political field, hey, whether you're in a nonprofit field, we all can help each other fight these true dynamics that, that really affect us all. Because when you walk out of that church, when you walk out of that political building, when you walk out of that, that nonprofit organization, we're all the same skin tone. We're all facing the same things. We all can get pulled over and killed for just having our hands. Why? We have our hands up. It's a possibility. You know what I mean? So being scared is not an excuse. You know what I mean? And that's just what I want to hammer home. Being scared is not an excuse. All right. I Again, I'm going to wrap it up, but I appreciate y'all stopping by. Man, again, please like, follow, and subscribe to my channel. Um, I got some more things I definitely want to discuss this year. I just want to really touch on a lot of harder topics. So, um, man, please follow me, stay in tune, and I hope y'all are having a, a great year so far. Um, it's just the beginning, so don't panic if things are not looking good, all right? Don't panic yet, right? We got a long time to go, all right? So wherever you're trying to fight for, get to, man, I support you wholeheartedly. And I just want to say that if anybody don't believe in you, I believe in you. I, I, I honestly believe that. You know what I mean? So keep going. Keep your head up, man. And at the end of the day, stay crazy. All right? Peace.